If uh, you only had one child and it was incredibly strong and, uh, you know, you maybe wanted some notoriety for your serfdom and or farm, would you uh, perhaps sell him to somebody to train him for the Olympic Games? Yes, of course I would. All right. That's that's how <laughs> economics works, guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would probably try to get him some sponsors and stuff, but I mean, yeah. I don't think that you used to be allowed to sponsor them back then. You don't think so? In serfdom? No, because that was my whole thing about caring about whether or not they were sponsored. Was oh, back yeah, in the serfdom. day, they used to have to like, just, that's why you pretty much sell your kid. That's right. Yeah. I forgot you said serfdom. <laughs> yeah. You just <laughs> forgot the BC part. <laughs> forgot the important part. Well, you know, on that topic i wanted to talk to you today about the olympics is it because it's almost winter time no the winter olympics actually passed in february so this oh. is incredibly out of season i'm very confused <laughs> about how the olympics works most of the time i know it's four years and four years making it every two years yes so that the four years thing is actually a, a greek unit of time called the olympiad that sounds a lot like it was made up by the people who made up the Olympics. It very much was, yes. Oh, so <laughs> double bullshit. They also made up another unit of measurement uh, called the stadion, which is 200 steps at the same time. And it was because... Only if you take them at the same time. So it's 200 steps as if one human being was taking them, but all at the same time. Oh, no. My at the same time comment was they made up the words Olympiad and Stadion. I know. I just time. wanted you to explain oh, okay. it to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically, there's kind of a few origin stories as far as the ancient Olympics, which we do need to make the distinction, obviously, the ancient Olympics, which ran from about 800 BC to about 400 AD. Otherwise known as the Cool Olympics. That's right. Uh, and then the Modern Olympics, which kind of, we'll go over it. It kind of started again the mid-1800s, uh, but really 1896 was the first uh, modern, Olympics, modern Olympic Games that happened after the ancient Olympics. Um, but as far as the origin... I think the most commonly agreed upon one uh, is basically just this myth that Heracles, who is different than Hercules. I know. <laughs> I knew you would know. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But Heracles, I don't actually know his like backstory, but I do know that uh, everyone liked naming everything the same almost back then. Yeah, when the Romans kind of took over, they did. I like that you said "kind of" took well, over. When the I Romans, mean, it was a slow thing, but it, but it was no, like but it a was transition. definitely a takeover. <laughs> it was a slow takeover, yes. but it's not like the Huns who really actually only kind of took over stuff. Yeah, where they'd come and be like, "Hey, man, we took all your shit, but we're just gonna hang out over here. Don't organize <laughs> and have a rebellion against us at any point in time, please." Yeah. That's kind of what the Romans did, but I get what you're saying. It was definitely a takeover. Um, 
But yeah, so Heracles, um, he had this task that was given to him by Zeus kind of to prove himself, you know, because he's a half god, half mortal dude. You don't seem to be acting like this is fact, Adam. (laughs) I mean, I'm not pagan personally, so is this fact for you? I don't know, (laughs) because I don't know if like straight up Zeus would be pagan. I don't know where pagan starts and ends, because it's such a broad thing now. Yeah, it is interesting, and that's kind of how the Romans killed off the Greek mythology. Yeah, which make everything or just appropriate everything, blur the lines as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Kind of like some other people are doing. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, the Romans were kind of like, we're getting rid of all that pagan stuff towards the end, even though a lot of their culture and stories yeah. and everything was like built off of the same. That's why everything is confusing. That's how you end up with <laughs> fucking eggs and rabbits that do fucking super zombie time. Yeah. So Heracles was tasked with the 12 labors, which is like to prove himself to Zeus. And after he did that, As a tribute to Zeus, he built an Olympic stadium. And it was basically supposed to be a center for religious and sport activities that were all in the name of Zeus to uh, pay tribute to him. Can you imagine how much better football would be if it was just a massive worship place as well? So like Sunday (laughs) games, it was all worship, like just around the game. The food would be delicious. Yeah. There'd be a lot more sacrifice involved, too. And they're like, all right, the Miami Dolphins. And at halftime, we're sacrificing a dolphin. (laughs) So small anecdote about how certain people feel about killing dolphins. (laughs) I am not on the kill dolphins team. But one time we told a bunch of people that they were eating dolphin that actually thought they were eating dolphin. And they thought it was great. (laughs) So... Generally speaking, don't just assume people are going to be against sacrificing a dolphin because some people will think it's lunch. Yeah, And true. it's probably delicious. Like, I'm not going to... Like, I've seen cookbooks with dolphin recipes in them. Yeah. You think it's delicious? It seems rubbery. The outside seems... I'm not talking about eating the skin, man. <laughs> just that sweet, delicious inner dolphin meat? Well, like, eel is delicious. True. Eel is one of my favorite eel is foods. very rubbery on the outside like eel looks like it bounces true true i don't think that we should throw eels the opinion of this podcast is do not throw eels what if they're coiled into circles i think that would be hard well so <laughs> coil inserts this is a 2d and 3d problem here is what you've done you've thrown me into a crazy paradox and my head's just going to explode. <laughs> look man all i'm saying is if they look like a circle and they seem like they bounce I mean, that's you can't ball. just play snake ball. <laughs> anyway, back to your story about the ancient Romans building Zeus uh, pantheon. No, pantheon's a bunch of gods. <laughs> um, yeah, so as far as I can tell, there is no like uh, actual real building that's kind of a one for one. You know, like I don't think the Greeks were like, oh, and this is the thing that Heracles built. Um, really? Because but- <laughs> they're like that in wars. They're like, this is the battle that that one god we all know was just walking around that day one. Yeah. Like, that's, I'm surprised that they weren't like, no, for real, he came down on a Tuesday. It took him six hours. He had two sandwiches. <laughs> I could be wrong about that one, but I don't think there's any place that they 
you know, legitimately are saying like, oh, Heracles built this. And now- that makes me feel like it's more real. Like maybe Heracles <laughs> was like, hey, man, you guys take all the credit. I, I'm real good at this stuff. I don't need it. Yeah. Was he humble, though? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Heracles' backstory. You can pop it up if you want. I'm not too sure. I'll I'll pass on that one. <laughs> I'll just make assumptions. <laughs> so there is, there is a, a place that's called the Panathenic Stadium. It was built in 330 BC. So probably a little after the assumed start time. Actually quite a bit after because it was like 800 BC. Yeah. Also, how long does it take to build shit? True. That's if you just that's why I think it's fucking late. like when we complain about shit taking two years to get built. <laughs> how long would that have taken without any vehicles? Yeah. Just wouldn't have. That's you guys would have all given up and become programmers. Yeah. Um, but that's why I mentioned the stadium. So I guess after Heracles uh, built this Olympic stadium. He walked 200 steps in a straight line and called that distance a stadium. I don't know why that was like an important part of the story. Because he had to decree it. (laughs) So keep in mind that motherfuckers would not do anything unless it was decreed by a god, demigod, (laughs) or emperor of some kind. So think about how annoying we get about metric versus imperial. Yeah. Like... Imagine doing that when there was absolutely no chance of coherence on a measurement and people were like, oh, my thumb is bigger than your thumb. You owe me more gold. <laughs> like you have to have somebody put their foot down literally on that. Be like, this is the rule. Yeah. I would think it'd be a little more of a tight requirement, though, because it's just 200 steps. But it's 200 of his steps. Yeah. They probably had some fucking sandal that they kept on a stick <laughs> that they were like one two and it was some guy's job in a toga to carry the official sandal man i'm just imagining that now i hope he had like uh one of those wheels that just has like just four or five of them and it, it just and leaves just like a thing. well so in my head he was originally the little caesars guy <laughs> just that guy with like one of those chalk wheels that just has a bunch of sandals on the end pizza pizza oh my god i think we actually have to edit that out adam <laughs> we're legally required well i said uh pizza pizza see, i've never really understood that <laughs> what would we have to do to be rude enough to like have a somebody not want our free advertising i mean i can think of a few things but like <laughs> do we do those things i don't think that we do i no. don't think that little caesars like they sell cardboard as food i don't think they're gonna be like these guys called jesus a mascot once yeah i think we're fine i'm loving it yeah so that one might get (laughs) might get sued about just because i'm pretty sure those guys are gonna be going out of business soon mcdonald's yeah uh anyways the olympics um Okay, we went over the stadium. That's right, the Olympiad. So, like I said, they they ran from approximately the 8th century BC to the 4th century AD. As far as the beginning and the end, a commonly agreed upon origin date, or like the first year of the Olympics, is 776 BC. I'm sure there is some meathead back then that's like, it's one! <laughs> and, uh, 
That's the most commonly agreed upon date because they found an ancient manuscript that is listing the winners of a foot race. And in that manuscript, it also mentions that the race only happens every four years. And the data that they have is obviously like, you know, showing 776, 772, whatever. So you've just inspired me to just leave (laughs) false information around all over the place. Well, so it is debated because later on, there's much more comprehensive and official looking records. And I think the theory was also thrown out there of like, this could have been like a prankster because the Greeks were kind of known for that. Like, Oh, it could have been like political satire that somebody was <laughs> yeah. producing. And these were all of the like worst political figures at the time to run for Senate. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. Yeah, I would have done real well in that society until I got stabbed. <laughs> So, uh, like I mentioned, it was like a kind of a sports and religious experience as well. They would do this MDMA, (laughs) (laughs) watch some sports. This race is amazing. Like it's not performance enhancing, but it is experience enhancing. Now sacrifice this oxen. What the fuck was the, (laughs) I think the first drug drug joke i ever heard was on the simpsons and it was Otto being like i don't need drugs to enjoy this just to enhance it (laughs) as far as i can tell there was an average about of about a hundred oxen that would get sacrificed every olympics do they eat them at least i don't know that's a good question i would think that they would that's always been my only issue with animal sacrifice is how much animal sacrifice that they're like, and then leave it in the woods. Yeah, I wonder if that's like an insult to the gods. If you're like, here, this is your sacrifice. And then you're like, but I'm also eating it. If they're like, hey, come well, on. Well, it depends on, because there's like, there's a sacrifice and then there is uh, what you might call a tribute. Right. So a tribute is something that you would usually like leave, but a sacrifice is like the action of because you don't necessarily have to sacrifice an animal. You can like sacrifice your freedom or whatever, and right, your, right. like your left toe. Yeah, you know, this is ancient times. You could also just kill a slave. I mean, <laughs> you could, but then like realistically speaking, back then it would have been cheaper to cut off your toe. Yeah. Like, also sacrificing, like, your sheep was not great. And I, that's that had to have been a right, like, raffle in town most of the time. Yeah. You're like, oh, dang it. I got picked for the sacrifice this Olympiad. Yeah, that'll, that'll get you killed. That's <laughs> short straw was originally the deadliest straw. Like, well, I guess I'll just walk a stadium over to the that's... knife store. and. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine getting in a car accident? And just be like, no, he was like two stadiums away, and I applied my brakes. He had plenty of time to stop. You just give them all like ancient measurements. Or Listen, like, his car was use. only seven spans long. <laughs> I was traveling about 2.5 knots. And <laughs> I don't think you can travel knots on land. Oh, really? Yeah. You could do it air and sea. That's yes, it. because okay. knots is based on wind uh, resistance, I believe. Okay. Okay. Because knots point. is like a really weird. Uh, because, like, if you're going, like, 35 knots, you're not going 35 miles an hour. Right, I know that. Like, it's not a one The only reason one. I know it's real weird is because of helicopters. Because you always think that helicopters are fast, but they just can go in a straight line. Like, that's the only reason they're fast. They go as fast as cars. Yeah. Like, so when they're like, I'm going 80 knots, it's like 30 <laughs> miles an hour. I just, I recently had a discussion with an engineer 
who has a very secretive job, but he would tell me certain details of the things that he was working it on. It sounds like he does porn. You're like, he's an engineer and he no, has he's, an NDA. He's an aeros- in porn. aerospace engineer. And he would he'd be like, I can't tell you what I'm working on, but man, it goes 500 knots. And I'm like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> it's like, I can't visualize that. I know it's like well, so, super fast. Well, that depends on what it what fluid like it's a fluid <laughs> dynamic measurement of speed yeah it was just funny i, I just kept being like whoa because it's like those are big numbers <laughs> um so the peak popularity of the ancient olympics uh seemed to be like the fifth and sixth centuries bc so we're talking like 200 300 years into the olympics that was the real peak of it um who was the winner of gold for shot put (laughs) i'm not sure you can find like lists of notable athletes in the Olympics. all of them have asterisks (laughs) they've been using the power of the gods and that is definitely uh what's performance enhancing it's like a plus five to strength (laughs) so the romans did continue the tradition too for a while you know, into, like I said, the 4th century AD. As far as notable athletes, there was a Roman emperor, a pretty big one too, Nero. I'm sure you've heard of him. Yes, he has one of the cooler sci-fi names. (laughs) Yeah, he entered the Olympics uh, for the chariot race portion in 67 AD, and he was actually thrown from his chariot and unable to finish the race. But he was still declared the winner on the premise that if he had finished the race, he would have come in first. I mean, that's how I do everything in the (laughs) first place. The second I show up to work, I'm like, hey, give me your job, boss. Because if I was going to work here, I'd be in charge. And then I hire myself. Yeah. That's how I've gotten every job ever. I'm trying. I know I wrote down the, uh, the sports that they would do in the ancient ones, but... Where is it here? Okay. So as far as the events, um, there was running, combat, discus throwing, long jump, the pentathlon, which was a combo of running, long jump, discus throw, javelin throw, and wrestling. And then there was equestrian, which was two separate things, horse racing and chariot racing. I'm kind of surprised there isn't, like, fighting a tiger. <laughs> yeah. But I guess that was just entertainment back then. I know they did shit like that. Maybe they threw that into combat occasionally. I don't know. I don't think, because that wouldn't be fair combat. As, like, if you're using it to test skill. Because I think combat we should have now. Well, we do, kind of. We have wrestling, and I'm like, is MMA accepted yet? So karate got added in okay. 2020. So that's still not really combat. I'm talking yeah. about like grappling. Like like some guy should be given a stick to represent a sword, and some guy should be given a shield, and they should have to like <laughs> pretend. Because like back then, they would have been fighting with like a gladius. Yeah. Which is something we never use in anything. Like the only swords we really have portrayals with, especially in Western culture, are amazingly enough fucking katanas. 
They're like all katanas or they're all some form of broadsword. And like maybe a rapier if you're really into French shit. Yeah. Never well, a fencing is in the Olympics too. Fencing, since you brought up a rapier. Yes, but I do. <laughs> and fencing is interesting. Yeah. Because I don't know if you've ever followed fencing. It's not. I mean, not deep, but I do like to watch it in the Olympics. It is. I always get. Because you're not allowed to do grappling with fencing either, which right. is anytime you like put hands on somebody. But you can do a couple of like non sword moves, right? You can, you like, can do like pushes yeah, you kind can, of. Like, push. Yeah. And I haven't watched any of that in years and years, so I fucking would be surprised if the rules were exactly the same. Yeah. But there's also like the difference between fighting with foils and whatnot. Right. Yeah, so those were the sports. Uh, another... So it was all men that were competing in the sports. Who would have guessed that the past would be <laughs> sexist? But interestingly, uh, women could win medals. It was just in being hot. No, it was as the owner of a chariot. Wait, uh, wait. So the wood part, but not the horse part. Uh, so actually both. So they could own the horse and the chariot, and they could train men to ride the chariot, which they often would. But they couldn't actually compete in the chariot race. This, like this reeks of women with fake beards. <laughs> So, actually, the first uh, female medalist in the Olympics is a, a Spartan princess. Her name was Siniska. Siniska? Yeah. That's nerdy. <laughs> Seems like a real badass bitch, honestly, and I say that in the most positive way possible. Well, the fact that you said Spartan princess, which means she came from the seat of the warrior class and was <laughs> the daddy's girl of probably a very angry person. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, I also kind of, I think, like, America should have a Sparta thing. And I think Texas tried to do it, but you can't really have a Sparta that revolves around fucking drinking beer and shooting guns. Like, you have to do, <laughs> like, physical exercise. Is there any way better than food to fight sorrow? With Unicorp's new Food Cube volunteer program, you can be the comfort your loved one needs. In that time of pain. Unicorp, the only choice for your future. So, yeah, in uh, 393 AD, and this is also contested, but in 393 AD, the Emperor Theodosius I. Theodore? Theodosius. Theo. <laughs> yeah, Theo. One of the chipmunks. Theo was like, hey, y'all, no more pagan cults. We got to get rid of that. How did he define a cult? I'm not exactly I was sure. confused by that one. Yeah. Is it just volume of membership? Because in sure. that case, all you have to do is be like, all right, we'll go the other way. Yeah. But he's he decreed that all pagan cults and practices be eliminated. And I think, you know, the Olympics being a tribute to all these pagan gods. Was a little weird. Yeah, it didn't sit right with him. So old Theo just canceled him outright. And there are, you know, trying to find when the exact end was, like reading different theories. There's some theories of just interest was waning and they just kind of fizzled out. 
Um, there's some theories that it actually happened a little bit later, like into the 400s AD, because that was 393 AD. But it seems like, you know, by the end of the, what, 4th century AD, they were they were really done. So that's it. As far as the revival, it basically, <laughs> there were people that were using the term Olympic starting in the 1600s. So in 1612 to 1642, in Chipping Camden in Gloucestershire, England... There was hearing you. Let's <laughs> let's take another let's take another crap crack at that last one. I don't know how to say it. I want to hear you try and say it again because I Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire is that right. it? I, I don't, I'm not sure. I just just I don't think that you've ever said that word before. Yeah. <laughs> well, I said it to out. myself in an empty room. Uh, God, I do that all determine. the time. Do you know how well that works? Yeah. And honestly, I didn't quite understand this place because it's like Chipping Camden in Gloucestershire. So it's it's a neighborhood within a city in England is what it comes down to. Um, but there was a guy running this thing. It was called the Cotswold Olympic Games. That sounds hot. Yeah. Going to that Cotswold. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, a couple centuries later, 1834 and 1836... There were some games held in Sweden that, again, they just used the term Olympic. Yeah, I was going to say, that how how many people could they have gotten to Sweden for that? Yeah, I was kind of wondering that, too. And I think, like, a thing that I've noticed and noticed with this podcast, too, is, like, kind of these terms start to catch on in certain eras. And I feel like the early 1800s to the mid 1800s like something happened where people just became knowledgeable again about the ancient games enlightenment (laughs) yeah it could have been coffee coffee's what happened adam we started using uppers yeah that's we yeah that's like the whole end of the medieval ages. That's when we started getting back into older, older stuff. Yeah. Was we started, there's a whole. I mean, printing press. Well, it's came also, out. dude, you don't want me to get into that shit. <laughs> I had to do a sixth grade fucking goddamn project on the printing press. No, it's uh, quite often attributed to the fact that we switched from alcohol to caffeine as made major hydration. Yeah, I've heard that before. I think that's a very viable theory. I think I that's think... medium bullshit. I think we could have replaced the, the alcohol with water. And we would have had much, <laughs> much the same effect, but water was still a little dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of bacteria still roaming around. But it seems like the the term Olympic for whatever reason, the ones we just mentioned, maybe it was just kind of in the cultural zeitgeist at the time. The term just started getting used more and more. So, yeah, the 1834 and 36 games in Sweden, uh, then in 1859, in another town in the UK, uh, they held the Wenlock Olympian Games, and that was the official title that they were using. Actually, those games inspired a mascot that we'll talk about later on for the London Games that happened in 2012. Was it a barrel? No, it's a weird, like, you're talking about the mascot? Yeah. It's a weird, like, futuristic kind of it kind of looks like um kados and kang from the simpsons 
you know the oh, aliens. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah but right. it's like more like silvery and almost like speed skater looking. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And actually, the guy who kind of revived the modern games, which we're getting to, um, he was also inspired by these 1859 Wenlock Olympian games. 1862 to 1867, Liverpool held an annual Grand Olympic Festival. So this was still kind of centered around athletics, but it was almost like a, a cultural gathering, yeah, kind of like a this, World's Fair. It, the what keeps coming to mind is just like a really, really uh, like '60s music festival, but not hippie '60s music festival. Yeah, and I think that you know this is the same era where like the World's Fair concept is kind of it's been around forever, but I feel like getting really popular and organized. And I think that was kind of like this is just the athletics branch of it kind of in of a way it's like the olympics coming back yeah but we all saw how well the world's fair worked didn't we <laughs> i feel like the world's the, the olympics has done slightly better than the world's fair yeah i don't know that's a tough one i would agree with you mm, the world's fair no longer exists true. the olympics do true, by true. virtue of it still existing yeah. kind of wins that i feel like the world's fair is coming back though but I, I guess I'm just speculating. Yeah, and I, see, and I don't <laughs> because I don't see us making more physical goods, like giant physical goods, too quickly in the future. Yeah. Like, if we made, like, a World's Fair that was already, like, if we, basically, if we found the site of the old World's Fair and just fixed up some stuff, I could see that happening. Yeah. But didn't they finally take down that big-ass fucking Tesla replica thing? Oh, did they? I'm pretty sure they did. Either that or they rebuilt a completely wood one. Because the first one burnt down. But yeah. that was the one he actually used. Right. And that one was like actually way far away from the state. Because he was trying to send electricity to the other one. And he got in trouble for that. Like a lot of trouble for that. Yeah, a lot of that infrastructure is still around though. I was recently... It blows my mind because that shit's all made of wood. <laughs> yeah, or metal. Well, that, so the metal part makes sense to me because it's all in like the Midwest. So like, yeah. it's very counterintuitive, but snowy weather is dry. Yeah. So so long as it's covered, you're not going to get too terrible much like moisture and shit. But wood, we live in Arizona. Wood turns to sand here. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it lasts quite some time, but it does not do like... When like when I walk around Jackson, like the ground is made of wood there. Like the sidewalk is just wood, <laughs> and it's been there for a long ass time. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> is it wood chips or just like wood? No, planks? it's huge wood logs. It's actually real fun because they replace probably like fifty of them a year. Yeah, but they last for like twenty five ish years in a tourist town where several million people walk over them. During yeah. the summer. And then all winter, they just get covered in fucking snow and salt. And, like, <laughs> they burst every once in a while and whatnot. Yeah. But it is funny to watch because sometimes you can't see, like, when they put a new one in, it hasn't quite uh, meshed with the one next to it. So there's a little ledge. Yeah, it's and still, like, just watch people and... fucking eat shit. Fucking <laughs> slide five feet into an alley. <laughs> nice. Um... So yeah, 62 to 67, the Liverpool Grand Olympic Festival. They were doing that every year. I don't know why it stopped. Um, just ran five years. 
But then, all right, so the, the modern Olympics basically start 1896, but there's a precursor to that that's almost like the pre-modern Olympics, which um, they were called the Zappos Olympics, and that happened in 1859, and then again in 70 and 75. And like the 70 and 75 events had like 30,000 attendees each. So this is like starting to get back into the modern yeah. Olympics. But it was basically a pair of brothers. I, I forgot to write their name down. I'm pretty sure it was Constantinos. They, I don't know how they got their wealth, but they basically were kind of even going to the government and being like, hey, we need to organize. We need to bring this back. Like, this is such a significant part of our culture. See, I think this is the story I heard about the revival is that those two guys were in charge of it. Yeah. Because I think I learned about the revival in sixth grade. Okay. And it's not <laughs> from the teacher. So it was like a sixth grader just reading a textbook and, you know, that... Whether or not that is interpreted appropriately is always up in the air. So, yeah, they ran these events. They were super successful. Um, actually, leading up to this, so those games were held at the Panathenic Stadium, which I kind of briefly mentioned was built in 330 BC. And then it was actually remodeled in like 150 AD. And when it was remodeled, it was turned into an entirely marble stadium. So it still holds the distinction of being the only completely marble stadium, which is completely nuts to so me. So here's the fucking thing. <laughs> Do I just have to make 200 steps and then surround that shit in marble? Because <laughs> I know where there's a very large chunk of marble that I can cut very thin. Yeah. It's it's way bigger than that, I, but yes, but that's, that's a good not start. What I'm saying, I'm saying, <laughs> in order to make a stadium that is all marble, yeah, what is the smallest fucking thing I can build to knock those people off their goddamn pedestal? Oh yeah, stadium, definitely. Yeah, just just do a stadium. <laughs> it's a little stadium in the backyard. As long as you got a stadium, you qualify. So yeah, they they held the games at the Panathenic Stadium. But these guys were also kind of pushing the government to get organized, build more infrastructure. So they actually left the Greek government a trust to fund future games, uh, which, of course, they did use. Uh, so then what's considered the, the actual revival of the modern games happens in 1896. Um, but a couple of years before that, in 1894, there's this guy. His name is Baron Pierre de Coubertin. I hope I'm saying that right. I mean, that's that sounds a lot more like you had some confidence in there. <laughs> uh, French guy. So I know we have a couple uh, at least French-speaking listeners, so hopefully I'm not butchering these names. Oh, man, if he is... Please leave incredibly angry audio files. I will put them on the internet. Exactly, yes. Please, as angry as possible. Really lay into me. And Coubertin, uh, uh, he was an educator and a historian. He's basically a school teacher. He's basically a gym teacher. Uh, but he was all about sports, organized sports, 
in addition to the Olympics work that he did, he was really pushing basically for physical education programs to be in school. So he is the reason why I had to fill out fucking football packets. Yeah, probably. Mm. Mm. Did we go over that already on the podcast? I forget. What that I oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just in case none of you guys knew how uh the current education system, I guess it's probably not current. I was in school a while ago. I'm older. Um so when I was in high school, I couldn't be in PE because I had a blood disorder and instead of letting me learn something or do literally anything else, they made me fill out like pamphlets on football theory <laughs> for six months like i just had to fucking fill out pamphlets on which is not what special ed, or special ed, that's not what physical education is supposed to be for yeah well at least you're a hell of a football coach now. oh yeah that's great i'm <laughs> i mean i understand the game of football that i don't watch at all <laughs> so yeah this guy he was just pushing for basically sports to be integrated into society more in general. And he loved the idea of the Olympics. And he kind of had this like purity angle to it. Uh, he was under the assumption. This and I sounds this, like it's about to be racist as fuck. <laughs> no, not like uh it must be men and they must be white kind of thing like not some weird well, i would hope Aryan so because weren't thing. they all like fucking olive skinned well like true yeah, yeah they were all like glistening <laughs> men in the sun <laughs> yeah but not that kind of purity uh purity in the sense of he hated gambling and especially sports oh, shit. gambling. So this is actually the angle that i'm on i agree with this guy <laughs> yeah actually <laughs> i agree with this guy too Especially now, it's like all the sports betting has gotten so well, insane. And see, here's the thing. I only agree with it with the Olympics. Like, yeah. if you're going to have, like, the world's best everything, you want to keep it, like, as equal as you can. So you want to keep as much money away from it as possible so that less people have a willingness to influence it. Right. Yeah, so he was under a few assumptions about the games, which I think are now kind of proven to be incorrect. And it kind of evolved to in ancient times. So he thought that in the ancient games, all of the athletes were amateur. And that definitely is not the case. But historians don't really agree kind of how that went down. So I feel like... It's commonly agreed that the, while they did start out amateur, they ended up being very professional. You know, like people would train for the games. They would select, you know, specifically the best athletes who had trained. So in a sense, they were professional. And that was kind of part of his deal, too. I think he may have realized that. And that was part of his whole angle of like, yeah, the professionalism and the betting is what ruined it. So I want to go back to the beginning of the games where it was all amateur. Um, he didn't think that anyone who participated in the modern Olympics should be paid, except for the time that they missed from work, which is considerate. Yeah, I mean, does he include that they should be, you know, given room and board the whole time they're there so they're not poor, like, and can eat? Because um, I think they need the money from not being at work to pay for their families and normal lives and probably can't spare that for, you know, travel. 
I don't know all the details, but in general, I'd say yes. He basically thought like, yeah, you you need to come here and compete. And for that, we'll take care of you. We'll pay you, you know, to get by. But we're not going to like pay you for playing sports or anything like that. He thought that was just, you know, part of the love of the game and the, the culture and whatever. Some other interesting facts about him. There's a planet named after him. Uh, a planet that was discovered in 76, 1976, by a Soviet, Nikolai Stepanovich Shernika, and named in his honor. I don't know why that is, but interesting random trivia. Uh, that, to <laughs> me, that makes a little bit of fucking sense, because Soviets are kind of in... Like, there is this, uh, we are unbiable badasses, like angle that a lot of soviets get so i can see like a soviet like scientists yeah admiring him because he's like yes he tried to bring back something that was great and we are discovering great things so he will be immortalized in the stars what's so modern games are held in Athens. They So the ancient games actually every year were held in Olympia, which is the capital. This one, the first one was in Athens, but then the next Olympics, which was four years later, is when they started the tradition of basically going to a new city every time. Yes, which I think is incredibly terrible idea. Yeah. So the first games, the first modern games held in Athens, it was 14 nations, 241 athletes, all male, and 43 events. Uh, those numbers are disputed, but that's kind of the general idea. And how many women wearing fake beards on chariots? <laughs> I don't know. They didn't bring back chariot racing. That's probably, I wonder if that's because they're like, horses are still too valuable to just be doing that shit to them. Probably, yeah. At that point, they were probably extremely valuable. All of the athletes were European, with the exception of the U.S. team. And 65% of the overall athlete pool was Greek. Who would have guessed? <laughs> like, we kind of have to give them a break on that one, though. They didn't have uh, too good a transportation back then. Yeah. Like, get, imagine having to get on a boat. Not like getting to go on a boat. Like, I've decided that I'm going to travel by boat this time, but like, this is the only way I can travel and I might get incredibly sick. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm surprised that there were Americans even competing because that's like. Well, we were the new fancy pants people in town. Yeah. So there was a lot of, let's get them out here. True. Yeah, and like the early 1900 games were majority American. But the winners at these events got silver, and the runner-up got copper. So they just added gold at some point? Yeah. And in the modern Olympics, too, there is a requirement that there's at least six grams of pure gold in the medals, but they're mostly not gold, the gold medals. They're mostly silver. I mean... I could have guessed that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised in any way if they were just gold plated and there was some kind of uh, like actual hidden marks that they put in them to prove that they were Olympic medals instead of making them physically valuable. Yeah. I think that's pretty much the case. Like now they are well, gold plated. Six, six grams of gold is a lot of gold, Adam. 
Yeah, yeah. They're still gold-plated, I guess, technically. And it's kind of shifted over the years of, like, you know, pure gold, gold-plated, like, just a tiny bit of gold, so... Well, if they're required to have six grams, they're more than gold-plated. That's an alloy of gold and silver, which has a fucking name, but I don't remember what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure the technical term. And I know the athletes do still do the, like, bite thing. The bite thing. thing, but that's not... That doesn't really help with gold, unless you bite a lot of gold. Well, the whole thing with that is just that it's softer. No, right? But all right, so the other thing with that is that if you mix a tiny amount of gold with lead, it looks like gold. So right. it has a tiny, tiny like lead is just a bit softer. So you're supposed to be able to tell the difference between fake gold and real gold by biting it. Oh, okay. Because you also can't like use a metal detector. Like this is just a side set. Metal detectors read gold and lead as the same. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to trick somebody with it, the there's supposedly some fucking you can just bite it trick that works, which I'm sure does work, but only if you bite enough gold to have a muscle memory to gold. Oh, okay. I thought the whole thing was just like you know if you bite metal, you it's can not tell the difference anywhere. But if you you bite can tell gold, the difference between like iron pyrite and normal gold, but you can usually tell that because of where you pulled it out of. Gotcha. This is hanging out with way too much. <laughs> um, so in those first games, the 10 out of the 14 nations meddled. I feel sorry for those other four countries. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of <laughs> shitty. They didn't even get a participation. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. was the winner of the most silver medals, so the top medal. They got 11, but Greece won the most overall with 47 medals. And the gymnast Carl Schumann was the biggest individual what winner. What the fuck kind of <laughs> 1970s gym teacher name is that? <laughs> Carl Schumann's going to teach your children shot put. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had the most individual with four. He got four medals at the games. And so they were, the actual events were held mostly in the Panathenic Stadium. Uh, that's the marble one we were talking about. Which, by the way, you know, I kind of wondered, like, what exactly do they hold at this stadium? Like, do they have modern events there? They do. So they have, like, rock concerts and stuff there. Yeah, it's marble. That's, it's made of rocks. Yeah. They're pretty rocks, but uh, <laughs> they are as strong as rocks are. Yeah. Um, there's actually been a ton of events there. I kind of wonder historically if this might be, like the most events held at a stadium ever well if we didn't block off stonehenge i'm pretty sure stonehenge was just a music hall of some kind yeah but so they have like i said they've had concerts there they've had a lot of athletic events in the 60s it was actually the home court of the of one of the greek basketball clubs and then expensive yeah at the end of the 60s to the early 70s I don't know a ton about Greek politics, you know, forgive me, but I guess a military regime had kind of taken control of the country. Yes. And they had like military drills and uh, parades and stuff that they would do in this stadium. You know, recently there have been some concerts there. I saw like the, the band Television played there in the 80s. There's one that played there in like 2018. I forget who it was. So they still have an events there. Uh, that was the main venue, 
but there was also a place called, forgive my Greek pronunciations, the Neo Phalaron Velodrome. Uh, that's where they had cycling. And that it was actually a piece of land that was donated by a train company. And this facility is also still in use. It's now the second largest football venue in Greece. Holds 32,000. They also kind of have to reuse all that shit, don't they? Because it's not getting any bigger. Yeah. Like, they, <laughs> like it's there. They got to use it. Yeah. Um, also, if you remember that famous Olympic moment with the women's soccer team where they scored the goal and the lady takes her shirt off and waves it around her head. I'd pr- I'm sure I've seen it, but I did like... That happened in that stadium. Gotcha. <laughs> there was a third venue that was just for fencing, and that was in a place called the Zapion, I think is how you say it. And earlier I was telling you how, you know, the the brothers were kind of telling the Greek government they need to bring the games back, whatever. This was a building that they built in 1874, so like 20 years before the games happened, for that purpose specifically, to like try to bring the games back. Yeah. Uh, it was only used for fencing. Amazingly enough, games. so that's only twice as long as we give people to build stuff now? Yeah. Because they get like 14 years? Uh, is it 14 years? when Out when you're chosen? Or is it eight? I'm not sure. I know they have announced the hosts up for to like the 20... 2028 currently. But so like no, the... I thought they had 2030 something was announced. Maybe. Like where they are. This is so I pulled that from the official Olympic site. Maybe they have selected it, but they don't like do. Yeah, press I'm not on sure. But I know they give them quite a bit of time. Yeah, to, like, definitely build an infrastructure to then abandon. Yeah. So the first Olympic Games were actually really successful, but then the 1900 and the 1904 games were overshadowed by world's fairs that happened the same year well wouldn't you want fucking funnel cake hell yeah that's the only reason why i thought about going to the fair when we saw it today was funnel cake (laughs) and i want to ride the ferris wheel i know i'm good on that (laughs) i don't want to ride any ferris wheel or uh carnival ride i don't think ever again (laughs) uh so 1900 was in paris 1904 was in st louis 1906 they had another game so this one is called the intercalated games because it was one in the same olympiad right it just happened two years instead of four years but that that one kind of brought the popularity back 1900 and 1904 i guess was a lot of american athletes people didn't really know there's a lot of other stuff going on but 1906 it was like a wide variety of athletes from all around the world and so that, I guess, kind of brought it back, made him really popular again. Yeah, because it's not just somebody's private fucking little club. <laughs> but then, so those are those are the modern Olympics, obviously. But then in 1920, we kind of get into the era of like what would be more familiar to us. So 1920 was also the first winter games. Yeah, so 1920 is when they decided it was okay to give somebody with skis a gun. Because I agree with that move. (laughs) Yeah, they actually used to have an event, too, called Military Patrol. That was exactly that. No, they still have... The event that I just described is still an event. Different event. Uh, Military Patrol was a little bit different. It is now a discontinued sport. So... 
uh, dis- long distance skiing and then firing a rifle is an event still. Yeah, they still have that. I it's, do not remember what it's called. But yeah, I forget. It, the name of it does not match what it is. Yeah, I think it it might be like pentathlon or something like that. It's uh, yeah, like mixed it's, in. Yeah, it's something yeah. that you're like, where in this did you decide a rifle needed to be? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so 1920, the Winter Games come back, or not come back, they get uh, created, basically. And... What they would do is just a few months before, you know, the full game started, they would do a winter games. So they did that up so until... So it's the half season? Yeah. They did that up until 86. And then there was an Olympic committee that decided they're going to do like the current alternate cycle of like they're four years apart, but two years from the summer games. So that happened... Olympic news was made just a year before we were born. Exactly, yeah. And actually, 1994 was the first solo, meaning not mixed in with the Summer Games. It was the first Winter Games was 1994. So, yeah, as far as the infrastructure of the games, you know, you kind of brought up the stadiums and abandoned stadiums. Yeah, that's pretty much the only thing I care about these days is because i like abandoned buildings and most of those things look really cool but then you look at like the actual impact that they've done where they're like this just completely tanked the entire area's economy for fucking seven years exactly yeah and there's a lot of debate kind of like oh is this a good economic move you know by building this infrastructure are you drawing people to your city to where they want to invest and basically you know stimulate economic growth i think for many decades that was just kind of a thing that was believed to be true but modern evidence really proves that it's not i don't Um, think it took modern evidence to prove that (laughs) i think it took like the seventh games when they would look at like these weird just abandoned overgrown areas that no one even remembers exist to prove that's probably not a great move yeah there is so there was a recent study that was done that showed that uh more than two million people were displaced over the last two decades due to the olympics yeah that's <laughs> so that's uh kind of like the amount of a war yeah um since 1960 the average budget for a games any guesses this becomes numbers that I can't actually quantify, <laughs> especially yeah, in huge. like, I could possibly quantify these numbers if we were talking about people. Yeah. Second half a billion. So the average cost since 1960 is $5 billion for the summer oh, games. Oh, Jesus fucking, yeah. You see how fucking completely <laughs> off that shit is? And $3 billion for the winter games. So the winter games are a little cheaper for how whatever reason. How is that? We have to make the snow now. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing, and I would think snow the snow... Snow-making machines are actually pretty cheap. But I would think the obstacle of the snow would create issues. So I don't well, know. Well, no, because... The point is the snow, though. They want the snow. Right. You want the snow, but you have to build all this stuff to basically You build that first, and then the snow falls on it. Right. But, uh, yeah, I'm just saying you have to kind of weatherproof stuff, 
where you don't yeah, have but to necessarily that's why, do that's that. That's why it's weird when they choose places that it doesn't snow to do it. Because when you yeah. choose places that it snows, that's just how things are done. Yeah. Like, and that's what, like, when you're building those ramps and stuff, you just build the infrastructure for those ramps during the summer and then it snows on them. Right. That's one of the only times I've gone out with, like, extreme bicyclists during the summer is to go out and dig stuff for ramps. Yeah. They're like, I made this tiny hill. And then they show you a picture of it uh, seven months later and it's a 15 foot ramp somehow. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so the. The last Olympics, or the last summer games that happened was in Beijing. The cost of that is estimated somewhere between 40 and 44 billion. That's, yeah. <laughs> so the average since the 60s is like 5 billion, but the kind of modern cost we're looking at is like near 50 billion. That's insane. Yeah. The Paralympics were started in 1948 by Sir Ludwig Gutmann. Uh, he ran an event alongside the 1948 London Games, and he called it the Parallel Games, which is where Paralympic came from. Basically, in 1960, it became somewhat official. And I say that because in 2001, the International Olympic Committee and the International Paralympic Committee uh, signed an agreement basically stating that it is one event, like kind of run in tandem. So if you agree to host the Olympics, you agree to host the Paralympics. So as well. you got to bring my cousin because he can't get his own date. That's <laughs> to the Paralympics? No, that is what the Paralympics is. Is your creepy cousin? You're like, oh, the Olympics are coming. Come on over here. <laughs> oh, gotcha, you have yeah. to fucking. You you got to bring. Your fucking creepy weird cousin too, which is pretty much me in reality. You got to bring Keelan to the Olympics. <laughs> um, the Youth Games—that's a more modern one. Also sounds mighty racist. Created in 2010. Um, oh, that still could be racist, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> it is for 14 to 18 year olds. It's basically like an Olympic training program, and. I think was kind of created to keep countries from, you know, submitting children. I was going to say, like, just what? Especially, I think, in the areas of, like, gymnastics. Yeah, like but does it actually sports. stop that from happening? Because you can still do all of the other shit to them in a junior. Like, you can still fucking give a kid steroids in junior competition. Yeah, so there are controversies about that. Um, specifically Russian and Chinese gymnasts who may have had their birth certificates faked, whatever. I don't know if there's any truth to it. <laughs> there's also a lot of controversies about doping in the Olympics, which we're not going to get too far into that. I don't know much about it. I did watch that documentary about it. I think it was called Icarus, which was pretty fascinating. It was basically like certain countries had people on the inside at the labs that would just throw out the samples. Yeah, like, that's oh, how you good. do that. Every <laughs> time somebody is like, we discovered that the way they got away with it was they had the keys to the building. I'm like, yeah, man. In this modern day, it's important to be able to decipher between bullshit and reality. Today, we have a free lesson in identifying propaganda. One hallmark sign of propaganda is high production cost. It is highly unlikely that a person in need will have time to pull out a casting call or hire a full production crew. 
with tips like these, you too can learn how to fight tyranny at a glance. This message was brought to you by the Revolution LLC. Yeah. Um, as far as the numbers, so 1936, Berlin was the first Olympics to be televised. And you may have seen it. It's kind of famous footage. Uh, Hitler attended those games. Yeah, that's the one where uh, he gets super, super upset because his elite basketball team got dunked on. <laughs> yep. That's also um, some of that footage is pointed to as like hard evidence that Hitler was on amphetamines because the whole time like shaking. I get like that. I've never been on amphetamines. <laughs> I don't think that Hitler was not on amphetamines, but yeah. Um, speaking of that, the 1916, 1940, and 1944 games were the only ones to be canceled, and they were canceled because world wars were going on. That um, would have been <clears throat> really good if they're like, all right, this year, all of the people in the war are competing, and they canceled <laughs> the war and had the Olympics instead. So there is a myth About that the, I've heard the before. Christmas thing. I don't know if you've heard it. No, not Christmas. What's that? Because uh, I was going to say that's not a myth where uh, there was a ceasefire during Christmas and people actually chilled out for a whole night. Oh, okay. Well, the, it is a myth with the Olympics. People always say like, oh, well, in ancient times, you know, they would stop the war. To <laughs> no, in ancient times, they would tell you that that fucking the Olympics was still going on and they just murder you as you came through with a fucking vomitorium. <laughs> Yeah, it was actually hilarious. I was reading this paper that this scholar wrote, and he was like, yeah, that's a total myth. The Greeks didn't stop war for anything. Yeah. <laughs> you don't stop war for anything, because once you start a war, you're committed to a war. Yeah. The other side still exists, regardless of what you decided you're going to do today. Yep. Um, so, yeah, 1936, first to be televised, but now... That essentially is the main source of revenue for the uh, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, is TV deals. So in 2011, NBC signed a contract to be the sole broadcaster of the events. Oh, shit. Who, what is NBC's streaming? Who are they on? Uh, they have their own thing now, Peacock. I was gonna, because I was going to say they kind of have to. So they're going to be the only people with streaming rights yeah to, so that is such a good long term because they were about dead so in in 2011 they paid 4.4 billion for that contract uh in 2014 they signed a 7.75 billion dollar extension to be the sole broadcaster up to 2032 yeah so they just fucking slam dunked because i would imagine that they're just gonna sell broadcasting rights to all of the rest of the uh streaming companies by sport yeah why do i think like this i don't have enough money to think like this <laughs> you got an evil capitalist inside you yeah but evil capitalists <laughs> don't do anything with no money i was looking through my change the other day to see if i had any money that was worth more money <laughs> <laughs> yeah um the olympic rings do you know what that represents i would assume uh, yeah, kind of. Including it's, including Hart, the, the Captain Planet elements. <laughs> it's, uh, well, the unity part is right, but it's uh, basically the five major continents. And in that, when I say five, the Americas are grouped into one. You mean like they are? Yes. Well, but, you know, oh my God. North America, South America. I wanted to talk to you about this earlier. So I 
there's a Twitter that's just called uh, Terrible Maps. Yeah. And um, I just recently discovered it. But due to the nature of Twitter, it just shows up on people's feeds sometimes. And they don't read the fucking name of the thing. So it was like a map of which direction screws turn to like tighten them. Yeah. So it started at the top and it was right. And then at the equator, it was inconclusive. <laughs> and then in Australia, in the lower hemisphere, it was left. And everyone was so fucking mad in the comments, like showing <laughs> pictures of screws and shit. They're just like, no, it's impossible. We do screw stuff in this way. Sometimes it is the other direction, which is actually usually for stuff that rotates is uh, counterclockwise screwing. Right. But yeah, everyone was just super mad. And I was like, you guys don't. It says right at the top that this is a bad map. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I do also want to mention that uh, between 1912 and 1948, there was also art competitions that was part of the Olympics. So they had categories for it. It was painting, sculpture, music, literature, and architecture. See... <laughs> Architecture, this is something that architecture used to just straight up be lumped in with art. Like being a sculptor also made you a carpenter to some degree because that was kind of the only way you could do that. And that is definitely noticeably lacking in all modern civilizations. Yeah. See, architecture, uh, I'm thrown off that there's architecture and sculpture. I think it's pretty cool. Well, so the reason why there's architecture versus sculpture is a sculpture is not required to do anything structural. Like, yeah. you can make a completely nonsensical, it's not going to work, versus architecture, you actually have to know math. Yeah, true. Like, that's why I'm a sculptor, Adam. I don't I do not do math. Yeah. I do less math than other sculptors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some random trivia. There's only four countries that have been at every Olympic Games. It's Greece, Australia, France, and the UK. Okay, so modern games. Yes. Yeah, I would assume. One, well, no, you have to assume because Australia <laughs> did not exist as a recognized country for quite some time. Yeah. How many deaths do you think happened in the Olympics? Zero go, can be an answer. This is going to go back into <laughs> modern or... In the modern not, games. Yeah, because yeah. I was going to say, I'm sure one of them was how fast you could kill a guy back in the day. <laughs> yeah, that was part of combat. Uh, so modern days, I would say like 28. It's surprisingly one. Or surprising to me. I don't know if it's surprising. Yeah, I mean, I would assume that there was just like heart attacks. It was a Danish cyclist. His name was Nude Annemark Jensen. Um, he fell. I don't know if it was like a head injury. I would assume it's head injury. But I didn't look too deep into it. Uh, sorry, Nude. In 1968, uh, they basically introduced the Olympic mascot. There have been some pretty great ones. I'm not going to go into detail on them, but I do want to point out some of my favorites. Perfect. Now all I have to do is slide it in like this. Another food mascot, Tony the Tiger. Tony the Tiger is a fucking liar. (laughs) What did he lie to you about? Um, that frosted flakes being great that I'd feel great <laughs> if I ate them and really I feel like I just ate a bunch of sugar well he didn't say you'll feel great he just said they're great <laughs> are they if I don't feel great afterwards Adam well 
Yeah, I mean, there's an argument to be and made. And that there. is how our law works, Adam. <laughs> That's how the whole fucking thing works. I just say something and you kind of say yes to it, and then I just push it through to a judge. <laughs> Tony the Tiger originally was more of a tiger. Like I a, think I, I know about Tony the Tiger's claim to... Ex- like He's one of the first anapomorphized... Like, he went from being... He anamorphed. Yeah, and uh, yeah, speaking of his anthropomorphization is that a word it's we've it'll be the third one we've made up this episode if it's not so it's fine tony the tiger did used to have a twitter account but there was continuous sexual advances from furries uh, that so is they, amazing yeah so they had to rebrand it as just frosted flakes <laughs> well they should keep the tony the tiger one like why are you alienating the furries just hire a furry to run that one yeah i think everyone it. freaks out about furries <laughs> way too much i agree and like they some of them are extremely igno- annoying i'll but say that, that is just a person thing yeah but it's like they're not offensive they're not wrong they're not i, I have this thing where i've literally <laughs> i've met probably like furries out in my life and i am somebody who just like looks at random porn like i and always have probably will until somebody forces me to stop not everyone does that okay i I something (laughs) have like so little interaction with furry anything yeah that i have no idea how it's in the zeitgeist of the human consciousness as much as it because it's not like you go on a fucking porn site and accidentally find furry stuff so that's not how these people are finding out about it yeah there's not like in your face advertising for furry stuff you have to seek furry stuff every single place except for where furries are dressed up as furries which you could pretty easily (laughs) avoid i feel like furries are kind of like disco and yeah, stay to out where of they the, just become this cultural thing. I was going to say, stay out of the disco ball if you don't want to fucking... Like, you just don't <laughs> go where the fucking disco is being played, and yes. it's very easy to tell yeah. where it is. Also that, but, like, it turns into this cultural thing where everyone's like, disco sucks, or, like, furries are weird, or whatever it is, and then that knowledge, like, never evolves. It's not like, well, there was some good disco, you know, like, Giorgio Moroder, or even Bee Gees or like whatever. See, I hate the but Bee like, Gees, but I do think there's good disco. I just had yeah. to say that because I was in a yeah. band called Rage Against the Bee Gees for a very small amount of time. And, yeah. Uh, that has to be stated. And it's like, all right, maybe the mainstream commercialized version of this thing is weird, but then there are real people who are just into it and it, there's some quality stuff well, that gets even produced. The com- the, I, I just don't. You have to go so far to find the material to be bitched at. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you just have... It's so insane to me. I think that's where the free hate came from, though. It was, like, early 2010s. There was a lot of bronies. And but I they're think not the even bronies, like a weird furry situation. Like the vast majority true. of bronies are just dudes who don't understand they're allowed to like things that are like femininely coded. Right. I just feel like they're associated. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like early 2010s, like those two groups kind of came to the public. Yes, because people made those connections for them. <laughs> right. That's They had to go out and find these things. And it's like, oh, of course, there are some bronies that are into furries there's yeah. also some people that just like horses that are in the furries and horse there's girls. also well no horse <laughs> girls is a very different thing yeah <laughs> true true yeah i just don't i don't get how it's even possible 
And I do think that a lot of people think that furries are just people who wear like collars as well. Right. So they see like OnlyFans girls with collars on and think that that's furries. And I'm like, no, that's an overtly sexist person or an overtly sexual person trying to fucking make money. Yeah. Like there's a very large difference. There's not, there's like furries with OnlyFans, I'm sure. Yeah, there has to be. Um, Tony the Tiger also recently streamed on Twitch. To who? To his fans. He did so like those a, are we've discovered furries. <laughs> yeah. He did like a virtual avatar thing. And I guess he was Oh, as Tony the Tiger. I yeah. still haven't even looked at how bad the metaverse shit's supposed to look. I've messed around with VR chat. I mean Well, I've been in that one chat I guess meeting room. Yeah, VR forum. chat, probably. Yeah. 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 And I've messed around in Rec Room, which are kind of metaverses in themselves. I think metaverse is now like a branded Facebook thing. Yes, right? it's specifically. Yeah. I haven't and seen it's not that metaverse, one. it's meta. Right. And I'm not entirely company. sure yeah. if it was because... So metaverse is theoretically already IP of whoever, Neil, whatever, the guy who wrote Snow Crash. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's an actual thing in there, which is why a lot of people jumped on the dystopian angle of it, because Snow Crash is pretty dystopian, which, by the way, Snow Crash is an excellent book and has the best chapter about delivering a pizza hmm. that you can ever imagine, and it's the first chapter. So you nice. don't have to read the rest of the book if all you wanted <laughs> was the pizza thing. I recommend the rest of the book, but the pizza thing's real good. Hell, yeah. I want to just list off some other famous food mascots, and then we're going to get into some weird mascots. Okay, hold on. What time is it? Uh, uh, what's our time at? We're at 1.05. Already? Yeah. Fuck. We got the Jolly Green Giant, the Pillsbury Dozeboy. <laughs> Pillsbury, Pillsbury Dozeboy. <laughs> He's very sleepy. He's dozy. Chuck E. Cheese, Snap Crackle Pop, the Planter's Peanut Man, who, quick Died. side note, uh, my, dad, my dad was a Planter's Peanut Weird. mascot yeah you like know they the, killed him right did they he's kill him? the only mascot that's officially dead i had no idea yeah they had a funeral for him dang all right uh we got the coke bears we got the california raisins the taco bell chihuahua the keebler elves chester cheetah little caesar the kool-aid man the chiquita banana lady morton's salt girl and gorton's fisherman is the gerber baby a mascot i would say so but they pick different babies, don't they? Isn't there no, like they a competition? No, they just change the Gerber baby. Okay. I think that there is a Gerber baby of the year that is separate from the actual Gerber baby symbol. Uh, I think that's what I'm thinking. Because I think, yeah, you vote. Because I think my oldest sister was in one of those votes because she's a New Year's baby. Oh, okay. And apparently when you were a New Year's baby, they just put you in stuff without asking you. Huh. Like <laughs> the news every year. Yeah. Uh, so now I want to talk about some weird mascots or weird mascot stories. Do you remember McGruff? Yeah, the crime-fighting dog. Yeah. So the main guy that played him and played him throughout the late 80s and 90s uh, was convicted on drugs and weapon charges, and it was found that he had a rocket launcher when they raided his place and took his weapons. But did it work? <laughs> I don't know. So that's like, so it's not illegal to own a rocket launcher. That's one of those things that when they fucking point out, I'm like, yeah, but he probably had money from like, he just did a TV gig, went to a fucking <laughs> pawn shop, 
that had a rocket launcher for like four thousand dollars in it, <laughs> yeah. and it's a completely legal like deactivated rocket launcher. Which at that point he just paid whatever amount of money for a metal tube that happens to be in the shape of a rocket launcher. That's why I don't like it when they don't say that. It's like when they find yeah. tanks in people's uh, farms. Right. You can buy a Tiger tank deactivated for $5,000 and it is completely legal to own. That's yeah. cheaper than a lot of cars. Yeah, this guy I used to work with bought a ton of military equipment. Some of them were just trucks and stuff, uh, but then some of them were like just had the weapons removed. Yeah, like well you can that's the you can have like a fucking bi-mounted fully automatic machine gun so long <laughs> as they take off the firing pin and the fully automatic fucking align whatever it's called telling me <laughs> um did you know that there's a nasa mascot i feel like i did is it a dolphin or a monkey it's a rubber chicken oh i do know because it's <laughs> they took it on the fucking it's been up there oh did it yeah um well chicken has been up there yeah this one is named camellia corona uh it's a large rubber chicken that represents the Solar Dynamics Observatory that mm. NASA runs. Does Are they insulting all of them? Is the chicken insulting all the NASA employees? Well, if you're like, <laughs> you guys is a bunch of rubber chickens. If it's meant to represent them and they chose a rubber chicken, what is yeah. that saying? Is that one of their bosses that's like, you guys, rubber chickens? Maybe they picked it themselves and they chose to represent themselves as idiots. Well, I don't know. I guess chickens are considered <laughs> idiots quite often with the staring up into the rain thing. Um, but I do, I have always said NASA turning pioneers into pussies since blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I think one of the things that I found too, which is a great segue into the, the last part of this, is that the mascot kind of often turned into an odd form of protest. So some of the weird air mascots that are out there are college mascots. Uh, we have one here in Arizona, the Scottsdale Community College Fighting Artichokes. You ever heard of them? Absolutely fucking <laughs> not. And I actually like, because I've seen more than one artichoke mascot. Yeah. Um, they're surprisingly common in the food world, who would have guessed? Yeah. So... This controversy, I believe it happened in the 70s, but what was happening was uh, Scottsdale Community College was taking scholarship money that was designated for the Native population, the Native American population, and they were misappropriating that and using it to attract athletes and create athletic scholarships. So as a form of protest, the students tried to make the sports program look ridiculous so they changed the mascot. And to they didn't a know that that check. doesn't going to fucking matter at all because they didn't look at all of the other mascots. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if at that time mascots were like slightly more normal because there's a, a lot of weird ones now. Well, now a mascot and a logo are the same thing pretty yeah. much. Like you don't have to actually have a physical person representing to have a mascot anymore. Very true, which... Yeah, quick tangent. Music. Music mascots are generally like that. Like, you know, Eddie from Iron Maiden? Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you talking about? I'm like, actually, there are like hundreds of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the examples, Grateful Dead, 
right? They have the bears, and they also have the skeleton, which is skeleton I, Sam. Yeah, I know. And they have <laughs> very, very specific. I don't. I'm like fuck. I do not like the Grateful Dead, and it is now at this point in time in my life not because of the music. It used to just be because I didn't like jam bands, but the amount of weird conversations I have had to be in about authentic Grateful Dead merchandise. Oh my God. I heard about that growing up too. My dad was a fan and had merch and went to many Grateful Dead shows. And that's always been like this huge point of contention. It's like, who's got the authentic merch? Who made this? Jesus fucking Christ. If you're that worried about that shit, draw your own fucking lightning bolt. And then you don't have to worry about anything. You didn't take any money from anybody and you upskilled. Yeah. Which is a term I'm not happy I used. (laughs) Oh, so weird college mascots. You may have heard of some of these. The Evergreen State College has a geoduck. Do you know no, Geoduck? I didn't know, but I know who Geoduck is, but I have no idea that that's their mascot, and I feel like that's cheating. <laughs> uh, UC Santa Cruz has the banana slug. Is Santa Cruz in California? Yes. So they have the redwood forest at the tips, so it's Northern California? Well, Santa Cruz is Northern California, but you know, you mentioned the forest. Uh, Stanford, have you ever seen the Stanford mascot? No, I just know that banana slugs are in the redwood forest. I, I think that's like where it came from. It was a parasite in the area, right? The banana so, slug. Yeah, it still is. They're like this big. I seen them. Yeah, so that's there's actually another team that's called the Bull Weevils. You know, we were talking about how like the mascot's like a predator or a warrior. Sometimes it's also a pest, like the banana slug or the bull weevil. That's real weird and says a lot <laughs> about your fucking tactics yeah we're just gonna stick around until you know you die and then we're gonna live off of your rotting corpse yep uh evansville has the aces and their mascot is basically a pimp in a purple and white suit i know what that one looks like (laughs) pretty cool uh the rhode island school of design also known as risd their mascot is named scrody and a scrotum uh and a penis And a penis. Yeah. So it's the full Monty. Yeah, it's all of it. The entire package. So Scrody is the full Monty. (laughs) You gotta make that meme, Adam. And because you have to make it, it should be an incredibly veiny penis. (laughs) All their teams, too, all the Rhode Island School of Design teams have, uh, I guess, genitalia-themed names. I was going to say testicle-themed names. But they are the balls, the nads, the semen, and the pricks. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's just because they could get away with it? I guess so. There was no rule against it until after they did that? I have no idea. Their fans are known as jockstraps because they support the balls. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and possibly giving me a small amount of hope for humanity. Yeah. Some more dick humor in uh, mascot names. I don't think that we need more dick humor in mascot names. People have so many problems with so many things, but we're just straight up calling sports things dicks. Stop confusing sexuality and punching people. (laughs) When it comes to sports and mascots, we're like, nah, just let it all out. Let your trash out there. Make a sex joke or something racist. Uh, The University of North Carolina School of the Arts, their mascot is the Fighting Pickle, and uh, 
It basically came around. There was a competition, right? And these are all art school kids. Fucking stop (laughs) having competitions for stuff and just hire somebody like you support your economy and should to make you one. Yeah. So they had a competition, a lot of dick humor there. Uh, They eventually went with the fighting pickle. Who actually he's a cool mascot. He kind of looks like uh one of the three musketeers. He has like a little goatee and like that what do you call that French like uh midriff poofy thing? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? So like a Renaissance Are you talking about pants? Not pants. Because I think what you're trying to describe is actually under your armor that sticks out. Okay. Which has the same effect as Hey Arnold, how he looks like he's wearing a skirt, but it's really just a shirt underneath. I thought it was his jacket wrapped around him. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, what the only thing that they really wear around their belt, like their waist, is a belt, and sometimes has a scabbard and sheath on it. Okay, I'm and thinking everything about the else, thing that's more like a, almost a tutu kind of. Yeah, look. see, that's part of armor. That's part yeah. of the top. That's not a separate part. Well, he's got one of those on. He's got a little hat, a little goatee. He's a cool looking pickle. They have some slogan, too. Um, I didn't write it down exactly, but it's something like, sling those warts or something. So it was like a, a weird, like, warts joke. To, Gross. You know, to keep the euphem- euphemisms going. But you fucking spread warts by fucking blood. Well, you know, it can't be perfect. It's got to fit into a chain. No, that's way, way worse. <laughs> You're just like, cut it open. Because that's fun fact. Something my little sister did to me as a kid was find out that you can give somebody warts by putting your blood on them and then cut open one of her foot warts and rubbed it all over my hand. Dang, that's biological warfare. Oh, we did this multiple times. (laughs) My sister's the one who gave me fucking, my little sister, gave me chicken pox because like the shower was broken. So we were all taking baths in the middle bathroom, which I turned on my bath to take a bath and then while I was filling up like went and got something from the kitchen and she had chicken pox so she jumped in my bath water <laughs> damn and then got out and <laughs> jumping just, in someone else's then, bath water is like the most offensive well, and then, well so she jumped in and then went and hid in her fucking room so I didn't know that I was getting into a bathtub full of chicken pox soup Dang. And then I got chicken pox like a day and a half later. I had been like quarantining myself. I knew all about chicken pox. It was like third grade. There was plenty yeah. of information about. And I did not have anybody who was telling me <laughs> that uh, I should get the chicken pox. Yeah. But yeah. So I shouldn't have been surprised when she rubbed wart juice on me. And then I, I had warts on my hands for several years after that. Dang. Yeah, I am paranoid about it all the time because I get those weird little stress bumps sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and every time I think I'm getting a wart. <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting a... Nope, you're just, a, you're just an adult <laughs> stressed out person, not a child in biological warfare. Yeah. All right, I got two mascots left, and these are my personal favorites. That's, um, is it Dicky the Hole and Holy the Dick? <laughs> no, we're going to go away from uh, dick humor and racist humor for a moment are these both gonna be math <laughs> jokes so that's the only other thing you like unless no, they're shoes i think you'll enjoy both of these too oh, i like more than math and shoes Come yeah on. dick jokes <laughs> we've just established that uh i'm not even super into shoes anymore that was i know it's weird because yeah. i had just gotten used to you being one of the shoe people 
That was like, I feel like I was into shoes right before the whole like hype beast thing like really took off where people were like waiting in lines and stuff. And I was like, I'm not waiting in lines. And I kind of gave it up then. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Dartmouth has an unofficial mascot, student created. Is it an Adam? Nope. It is Keggy the Keg. <laughs> Dartmouth is lucky that they have test scores that make me feel it's okay for them to make a keg joke, all right? <laughs> yeah, they're an Ivy League school, aren't they? And it, it's Well, great usually they the actually ones. have decently high science like contributions to the world, though I have not heard of anything coming out of Dartmouth in a minute. <laughs> well, I guess Keggy's not around anymore. That's probably I... because they were partying too much, and one of the Dartmouth guys was like, yo. Well, he was always an unofficial mascot. I think he was started by, I don't know if they were like a comedy group. I think it was kind of like um, National Lampoon. You know, where they're, like, writing stuff and putting out, like, stuff in the school newspaper, but they're not, like, stand-ups. It was gotcha. a group like that. Because, yeah, I don't know that much about National Lampoon, and almost everything I know about college and comedy is <laughs> fucking uh, improv groups, and I know all of that third-hand from listening to other people, because yeah. I'm not going anywhere fucking near improv unless <laughs> somebody I'm attracted to makes me. Yeah, I love improv, but I do hate it. I think sure. it's for, like improv at home by yourself with the lights off and the curtains closed. If you're watching it on Netflix, kind of OK. <laughs> like it is there is funny things to be had in improv, but I'm certainly not going into public. Yeah. Um, Keggy the keg. It, he basically was just a keg with a smiley face on it. Yeah. You know, uh, like log or like anything. You just name <laughs> the thing that it is. Yeah. Um, he actually came about, um, he was to fill the void of their previous racist mascot who had been banned. Or, I mean, well, I, I think the school chose to get rid of him. He wasn't yeah, banned. But. Somebody just showed up one day and was like, <laughs> not allowed. <laughs> what was the racist one? Uh, I think they just went by the Indians. Okay. I'm not sure. Uh, but I know they had to get rid of it because it was like so a Native American So I wouldn't American consider that thing. racist. I would consider that culturally insensitive. Yeah. And I think that's something go. that we need to like discern a lot more in the world. Because culturally insensitive is often an accident. Versus racist is, fuck off, you're this blah, 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 blah. And I will say, because you bring up that point, there's actually two college teams that are officially sanctioned by Native tribes to use Native names and imagery. Yeah, but I'm it's I'm always fifty fifty on that one because like yeah, yeah that's but we're, rough. We're the people who put them in the position where they need the money. Yeah, it's complicated. Um but it's the central Michigan Chippewas and the Florida State Seminoles. See, and I think using the name is not like that's in my mind completely fine. Yeah. I that's mean that's like the I was argument. just talking about uh how like Australia when they record something, generally, will at the end put where it's recorded, like the lands that it's on, right? And like how I think we should do that. That's more of that, in my opinion, where you're like, okay, this is conceding that like this is all tech. Yeah, and that's kind of the argument that even some of the tribes have put forth is like, okay, if it is a respectful and legitimate thing, then, then give us we're okay actual... with some of it. Yeah. But yeah, you can't have something like Chief Wahoo. He was the the mascot of the Cleveland Indians. He was like a racist caricature. He was literally red. 
Yeah, I was going to say, he sounds like somebody that they would actually make like a Hawaiian, like a Samoan caricature of. Yeah, he does have a cool name that doesn't fit Chief Wahoo. Well, but yeah, no, was... it doesn't fit that form of racism. <laughs> right. Like we have like a late 80s to like early 2000s racism. But that leads us to my favorite mascot of all time, uh, the Stanford Tree, also an unofficial mascot. Well, so the Stanford Tree actually is the official mascot of the school band, but not of the school. Sounds like a dumb technicality. (laughs) So do they allow the mascot to go with the band places? They do, and in recent years... They've made the tree stand in the back because they don't want anything to do with his racist (laughs) overtones. No, in recent years, they've almost shown the Stanford tree like as an official mascot. I don't really watch a ton of sports, especially not on TV, but I have seen like ESPN stuff that's like, oh, look at this wacky mascot. It's the Stanford tree. So it's like they kind of portray it as official. Is it a dancing tree? Yeah. That's super weird because I don't like I think we've in like personal life talked about this a little that I actually like enjoy symbolism in like shields and flags. And in which case I ended up paying way more attention. And like the tree is actually a very classic like (laughs) symbol for like regal longevity and strength. Yeah. And like a good thing to base your empire on. Well, so wait till you see this tree, though. Well, see, you saying that makes me think that it's just going to be a silly looking tree. It's a very silly tree. And the Does costume. Does it look like it looks like a Christmas tree? Yes, most of the time. But the costume also constantly changes. So the way the Stanford tree came about, any guesses? Uh, I'm going to say that somebody watched the Tree of Life and was trying to get another girl to go on a date with him. So he was like, hey, man. <laughs> I'm going as this tree from this movie. If you'd like to know what's going on, you're going to have to watch this three and a half hour movie with me. And then he got done with it and realized he had to make a tree costume (laughs) to make this true. Okay, I like that guess. But if you've learned anything from this episode, it's that the old racist mascot had to go. I was going to (laughs) say, oh, it's to replace a racist mascot. Good. Do we have any racistly named trees to replace it with? (laughs) So Stanford sports teams were known as the Indians until 1972. And they had a mascot named Prince Lightfoot, uh, who was a Native American man, portrayed by a Native American man. So I guess they get some points for that. But the students protested. You know, this is Northern California, so they're already progressive in the 70s. And the school administration renamed all the teams to be the cardinal which is just the color red essentially is what they were going with i've been actually wondering that for a while so that's (laughs) cool Uh, the only thing i know the term lightfoot from is dungeons and dragons which for a second i was like i wonder if dungeons and dragons is racist and then i was like of course it is like literally half of the entire turmoil inside that world is like because people don't like elves yeah speciest racist no it's like specifically racist like there <laughs> there's a weird thing going on right now where they're actually getting rid of racial traits i saw that it's actually not, i guess i shouldn't say it's not weird that they're trying to not make their game offensive 
Probably a good call. Update it from your old shit. Yeah, and it's only, like literally they only have to update it because we changed how we talk about definitions of words, which is something that we all have to get used to. Words mean different things the longer they exist. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, 1972, they get rid of the Indian's name, the Prince Lightfoot mascot. Uh, and there's a 1975 referendum brought to vote by the students. And they, I love these Stanford students. They basically just submitted a ton of like names referencing the terrible past of the founder of the school. Okay. So that guy's so, name was Leland Stanford, and he was a railroad tycoon. Oh, good. Yeah. Generally speaking, <laughs> the term tycoon means you had to have done terrible things. Yeah. So they put out all these like proposed names, like the robber barons, the railroaders, uh, the industrialists, like all this crazy stuff. The industrialists might be okay. The other two, like if you're going to make a joke thing to send forward as like protest, make it palatable as a name <laughs> yeah. so that it might win yeah in 78 there was actually another petition uh to change the mascot to a griffin but the admin refused it again so they stuck with cardinal which is uh, just the color red i mean i'm fine with that it's i can see why they wouldn't want to put a griffin on there yeah getting but, all french and shit true but while this was happening uh, so in 1975, the band, the Stanford band, started putting on mock performances as mock mascots, and they were just trying to come up with the most ridiculous things that they could. So some of them were like the steaming manhole, the french fry, <laughs> and then the one that stuck was the tree. This all seems like very high school shit to be doing in college. <laughs> I mean, college is just high school. Yeah. That was my experience. That's one of the reasons why I'm annoyed by a lot of people who get done with college and think that they weren't just in high school. <laughs> yeah. Like, to some degree, I'm like, yes, I get it. You had to rent a car, so you know how to do that shit now. <laughs> yeah. So the first tree was uh, Christine Hudson, and she was basically just wearing, like, an elaborate green dress at that point. Uh, but when she graduated she uh, passed it on to one of the drummers in the band and he basically continued the tradition so when he left he just picked someone else new um, now it's turned into a thing where they actually have a yearly competition so every year the person playing it changes and they have to provide their own costume okay so, so that's why it changes every time <laughs> yeah. and that's part of how they vote who it is is whether or not they're good at making a tree costume yeah, so there's a whole competition, and I guess they like go pretty hard on it. I was going to say, I have an idea, Adam. <laughs> we need to find somebody that goes to Stanford that's okay with me completely taking over their tree costume. Because I'm pretty confident I could make a small tree of life tree, like from the end of the movie, that it's floating in the sphere in space, and put yeah. it on a fucking Segway. Nice. That's a mascot I can get behind. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to pay into our Kickstarter to make a mascot for a school that didn't ask us to? 
I think that is the way, though, to become a mascot is basically stronger. Is to on just your show land. up and start dressing. I know this. Yeah. I mean, the Braves guy did that. The that's, tree. Came that's kind that of way. how I ended up being the pizza guy for the VC for a while. Yeah. When somebody was like, "I dare you to put this on," and I was like, "That's a stupid. Like, why am I gonna <laughs> say no to that? Who have you seen how I dressed? I'm not gonna get more embarrassed." And uh, it turns out that putting on a mascot suit is powerful. And we didn't even talk about the Suns Gorilla. We've talked about the Suns Gorilla three <laughs> times on this podcast. Okay. That guy basically got the job the same way, though. Yeah, he just showed was, up in a gorilla suit. Yeah, he that's was a singing telegram. because there's no reason for the fucking job to exist. And that's how jobs like that exist. <laughs> yeah. You just show up and start doing them and no one can figure out how to say no. <laughs> there was um, recently the Golden State Warriors didn't have a mascot. And this is like right when they started becoming one of the elite teams and like winning championships. So like 2015, I think 2016 was their first, if I'm remembering right. No, they lost 2016. Anyways, mid 2010s, um, they didn't have a mascot. And me and my friend, shout out to Joel. You know Joel. I know Joel. The, <laughs> Joel, the poet. The jewel of the desert. Yeah, do I, I always call him Joel. <laughs> well, Joel is his name. I call him Jewel. No, well, he's also, doesn't he prefer... I think he likes Because that's both. his online existence. I have oh, to go and look it? him up. Well, I thought that's what his Facebook was. Oh, okay. It was under Jules. But we came up with this idea, knowing that they didn't have a mascot. We were like, we'll make a mascot for them. It's going to be the performance artist. It's, it's okay. the guy's name. <laughs> so he can just come dressed up as anything he wants. Yeah, every game he just does something different. And it's almost like a game for the fans to like oh what's the performance artist gonna do and like maybe they even show him on the jumbotron a couple times and you're like is this the performance about to happen so you're always kind of caught off too dangerous man (laughs) random people are going to show up and start doing stuff and no one's going to know who's supposed to be dressed like a giant (laughs) penis true i just like that name too i like i love abstract ideas as mascots so performance artist is great (laughs) (laughs) time space well, that's all I got. You got anything you want to say? Um, no. We got to start remembering. To continue to remember to plug. So just Let's plug. Now we sit, relax, drink a pomplamous Lacroix, and hope Adam doesn't notice that he uploaded a two-hour-long episode. At the seventy-six games, uh, it was Schneeman. 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 That sounds like somebody's making fun of me in grades. It's uh, German for snowman, and he was just a snowman. So. That. <laughs> so, uh, it means weird. I've never seen Frozen, but I've seen the snowman from Frozen enough that it's seared into my brain. <laughs> in the 92 Barcelona games, there was a, a little fox drawn in a Cubist style. His name was Kobe. In a cubist style? Yeah. Okay. I thought you were saying a form of art that I didn't know the name of, which is, I'm not an expert of art, but I've at least like heard the names of most <laughs> of them, so I got excited for a second. Yeah. One of my favorites was the 98 Nagano games. They were called the Snowlets, but they're just like weird little sketches that kind of look like a mix of like an owl and Batman. That sounds sick. So the Aquabats... <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, kind of. Yeah, Yeah, a lot like the Aquabats guy, but with a nose. I think, well, I guess it's a costume. He sort of does. 
Yeah, he has the masked face, and I and guess you can see got a nose. Little point for the nose. Yeah, but this it's, is like yeah, a pointier uh, nose. A hooter. <laughs> uh, the 2000 Sydney Games. It was three characters named Ollie, Sid, and Millie, which were a kookaburra, platypus, and echidna. Oh, how very Australian. Yeah. Shout out to Australia for not going with the kangaroo. I respect also, that. Yeah, good move, guys. <laughs> Don't get that low-hanging fruit. Have you ever seen an echidna? Yes, I have. They're fucking nuts, and they drink milk out of patches. Yeah, they're awesome. I love echidnas. The 2010 Vancouver Games. This... These guys, there's three again, uh, are often cited as some of the best Olympic mascots. They were named Miga, Quachi, and Suma. Miga is part spirit bear, part killer whale. Uh, That's a Dungeons and Dragons enemy for <laughs> sure. If no one's homebrewed a fucking were or aquatic werebear. Yeah. They're very cutesy, but yeah, very... Uh, so are werebears, man. Yeah. Uh, Quachi is a Sasquatch. And Suma is a Thunderbird black bear wearing an orca hat. I don't understand <laughs> that sentence. Yeah, it really just looks like a bear. I don't get where the bird is mixed in. It just looks like a bear wearing a hat. Is the hat shaped like a bird? Uh, the hat is shaped like an orca. It's an orca hat. Okay, does it have wings? I don't know. I'd have to look it up again. But I just remember it looking like a bear. Maybe it had feathers. I don't know. The 2012 games, I briefly mentioned them at the beginning. They were named Wenlock and Mandeville. And they look like weird futuristic speed skating aliens from The Simpsons. <laughs> One of the great lines of a, a critic described them as drunken one night stand between a Teletubby and a Dalek. And a Dalek? Dalek, sorry. Did you... Nerd points. Uh, well, I was going to say, are you a fucking Doctor Who fan? <laughs> <laughs> I am. Haven't seen a ton of it. That's... Yeah. They're, they're important to know, Adam. You can't fit inside one, except for you can. Yeah. And then we get to the 2014 Sochi Games, which they ran a contest for the mascot. Um, they eventually landed on a leopard, a hare, and a polar bear. Uh, and there was also a ray of light and a snowflake for the How Paralympic the mascots. fuck do you do the fucking ray of light jackasses? They're like, we just passed out these LEDs. <laughs> they were basically like little cutesy kids that had like weird costumes on. That's what the mascots looked like. That's, that's a hazard there. <laughs> but one of the coolest things that I found while they were running this contest... There was one entry that emerged as a massive favorite in the beginning, quickly climbed the ranks. It was called Zoich. It is based basically based off of Hypnotoad. And you know how Hypnotoad has the crazy swirly eyes? I like That's that you're the... just automatically assuming everyone that listens to us loves Futurama. <laughs> On Futurama, there's a character named Hypnotoad that's just a toad that has buzzy eyes. Yeah. That is all you get to know unless you look up Hypnotoad. Yeah. I recommend putting earplugs in so that you do not do Hypnotoad's bidding. <laughs> yeah, but this guy, uh, like the swirly eyes part of it was the Olympic rings. Sadly, He's a sweet little alien. Yeah. Sadly, Zoich was disqualified um, because 
the entries were all supposed to be from amateur artists, and they found out that Zoich was actually a design firm. Here's the thing, Adam. You made me watch that whole thing on it. I don't <laughs> think that's why it was disqualified. <laughs> I think that they spent a while looking for a way to disqualify Zoich because the guy who initially fucking set up Zoich was a crazy screaming man that then launched several hundred other people making crazy screaming <laughs> man videos. Yeah, it was very much an internet meme mascot, and it took the trajectory yeah. of... <laughs> and it was funny, yeah. I'll admit that. But the second you showed me those videos, I was like, somebody who wanted to keep their job is on this. Yeah. So I do want to propose that we kind of adopt Zoich as our unofficial mascot. I only have one <laughs> issue with that. Is Zoich trademarked by the what we know is a commercial yeah. firm? Uh, we'll have to look into that, but I'm just throwing it out there. Well, so if it happened, that was 2014? Yeah. Uh, does trademark follow the same rules copyright? Ooh, also, that's a good question. Doesn't, well, it doesn't matter because this is a completely different country's copyright. This is what confuses me about all of this. Yeah. Uh, so just to close it out, we'll talk about what do what do the Olympics look like today? So... The last 20 years, we basically have been competing in 28 sports. And none of them are fucking video games. <laughs> Honestly, I think that could change. And I know that people have submitted that as an idea. Dude, do you remember Lava Lounge? The VR no. machines in there? Oh, yeah, I remember that place. I now. would consider that a sport. You have to fucking run at full speed to play those games. Yeah. But so it does change, actually, like what sports are in the games official and there's some that have been discontinued so 28 sports basically for the last 20 years but in 2012 we went down to 26 sports because baseball and softball were removed they're back now but they got removed for like an eight-year period 2016 we went back to 28 because golf and rugby which were previous olympic sports got brought back so they why did rugby get taken out <laughs> yeah that, that seems like pretty hands down like i can see arguments against golf because i have arguments against golf like just kind of all the way around but like rugby is pretty hands down a fucking sport there's no no one's doing that and not coming out stronger and beat up which i think is the definition of a sport yeah polo surprisingly is discontinued it was a sport for a while. Wait, so it hasn't is, been in a long is, time. But is normal polo with a horse? Yes. Yeah, I can see that being discontinued because of horse. Yeah. Water polo is still in the Olympics. Is that with a horse? No. That's Gee. just in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like we started taking better care of horses. Yeah, honestly, it might be it. But equestrian is still in the Olympics. But that's all like the jumpy stuff. And I know they're pretty uh, up everyone's ass about how you treat your horses yeah i know some some horse girls that i i, I know some horse women <laughs> they've grown but, well <laughs> i think they were i've only known them as women so calling them horse girls in the first place i'm surprised they didn't yell at me for yeah uh equestrian though is the only sport where men and women compete against each other another random olympic that's trivia. really funny because i know we have a board game called battle of the sexes that <laughs> we could 
make into an action sport. Yeah. 2012, they added four sports. You want to take a guess or should I just read them? One of them was Foursquare (laughs) and one of them was Wall Ball. Tug of War used to be an Olympic sport. It was discontinued. Wasn't that in one of the ancient ones? Because I thought they used to do like the mud pit one where it'd just be like a fucking big pit of mud in the middle and no one liked it because basically the first people are the only people who got a clean arena. (laughs) <laughs> that makes sense they're like hey i don't want to be at the back of this line man <laughs> yeah but that's some shit i learned in grade school so like yeah fucking boulder of salt with that on whether or not <laughs> i just had a teacher that was bored at school so you got i'd say kind of close um not they're not quite like uh playground games but the four sports that were added karate sport climbing surfing and skateboarding See, I remember that skateboarding got added because I already thought it was one, but then I re- it's just the X Games play at the same time. Yeah, I think they're immediately after, but yeah, very yeah, close. Well, because yeah. the X Games originally wasn't super close when we were kids. And then there was talk about skateboarding getting into the Olympics. And then they were like, oh, yeah, there's this time of year where everyone's paying attention to every sport. We should just start doing this event then. Yeah, I watched the skateboarding portion the, these last Summer Olympics, 2020, it was actually really cool. I try not to watch the Olympics. <laughs> uh, in 2024 and 26, so 24 is the Summer Games. You know that's the future, right? You're about to, you sound like you're about to give me fucking stats. Well, they're going to add a sport in 2024. Say, like, don't worry. What, we, what you're going to do is you're going to want to make bet on the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to add... An event to the Summer Olympics in 2024, and they're going to add one to the Winter Olympics in 2026. Is it Zoichball? <laughs> oh, God. I wish. 2024, it's breakdancing. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I will be watching the 2024 Olympics. Yeah, I'm super stoked for that. And I'm, I'm sure there's going to be the craziest shit Dude, happening. Dude, I can't wait to see somebody from, like, Belize just appear out of fucking nowhere and start snooping <laughs> yeah. someone. In 26, at the Winter Games, you want to take a guess? It's a winter sport. Uh, um, <laughs> a winter sport I feel like this is some shit that games. you probably have seen or like participated in or maybe created in your time it, in Jackson. Oh, oh, man. Is it going to be fucking speed building uh, snow villages? No. You're kind of on the right path. It's uh, ski mountaineering. Which is basically okay. just climbing yeah. with skis on. Yes, that's. <laughs> I have never done that. Everyone that knows me in Jackson will know I've been very far away from skis. Yeah, you don't mess with the skis. Uh, well, I don't mess with. Dude, I gotta go to work, man. Yeah, and um, I do just want to say that the uh, the next upcoming games is twenty twenty four. It's gonna happen in Paris, six hundred thirty eight days. Can't wait. Well, <laughs> we do know somebody in France. True, true. That we could be like, you know how you're talking about setting up an LLC <laughs> for business expenses. Yeah, that could be our first roadcast. 2026 Winter Games are going to be in Milan, Italy. And then in 2028, Summer Games are come, coming to America. They're going to happen in L.A., which that's going to be crazy. See, and I think that 20, there's like 2038 is like when they're supposed to be going to fucking Australia again. 
Okay. I did see uh, like some talk about bids in my research for this, but yeah, I didn't and I see don't, anything Yeah, official. I don't know how far out they go or how like public they get about bids. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. That's it for Olympics. Um, I do want to just ask you, is there anything that you would add to the Olympics? I mean, it, like as a sport, I would for sure bring uh, programming in. <laughs> competitive programming well like no but like, like all right your grandma told you she has this idea for an app well so what i would <laughs> say was like i would i guess i would say i would bring like more of a penetration style uh not necessarily breaking in but obstacle course that okay. revolves more around it so like there's a like walmart in the middle of a field that there's like every country's team is at like a call center that's on the end of the field and you all get the same it calls from and it's like a full setup walmart complete with fucking like bitchy karens all over the fucking place and you have to talk to the person through and if you can't talk them through the it problem on the phone and get like a perfect like that's when you get like nines in you actually have to physically run through the fake parking lot that is the field and get in there and deal with the stresses of like finding the manager and then getting <laughs> allowed proper administration access to like actually deal with the hardware i do like that it's kind of like you can be a great social engineer or you can just rely on your peer nerd yeah there's like a whole whole <laughs> variety of ways around it and then like you make that so that hacking is uh like not allowed but if you don't get caught doing it you get yeah there should be an it olympics i like that idea there is an it isn't it called defcon <laughs> yeah i mean i guess that counts that's, that's a security it, yeah olympics. it's super security based but i'm pretty sure they like why wouldn't they sell everything else there yeah well that's all i got all right well if you would like to uh complain and or i guess worship adam likes to be worshipped um <laughs> i prefer ritual sacrifice in the forms of money uh given to my bank account you can message me at jane fritz j-a-i-n underscore fritz on both twitter and instagram that's what it's called instagram yeah uh you can follow me on instagram I am VR Frittatas. And you can also follow the official UPP Twitter and the UPP Twitch. We've been streaming a bunch lately. So catch us on Twitch uh, Tuesday and Thursday afternoons. We've been playing Elden Ring lately. And if you like watching video games, you should also follow Andy Pants. That's me and my wife streaming. We do a lot of interactive stuff, we're on camera. Uh, that's Andy, A-N-D-E-E -E underscore pants. Thank you. Peace. I've been looking at like Ramjet stuff lately. And every time I'm like, man, it'd be cool to like get something going that fast. And I have to remember that like in order to go that fast, you have to be 4,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Like that's everything I wanted to do with that is useless at this piece. Thank you.